Welcome to the Alternative Property Management Podcast, brought to you by Renty and the PMC. Hosted by David Faulkner, Harrison Vaughn, and Will Alexander, and powered by Renty, who just want to make renting enjoyable. Welcome to the Alternative Property Management Show. We are allegedly the best property management podcast in New Zealand, bar nobody. I am your host, David Faulkner, the General Manager of Property Brokers Property Management. I'm joined again uh, by Will Alexander, who is currently on the benefit and bludgeoning all this money from the taxpayer. And of course, Harrison Vaughan, who is the Sylvia Bellasconi of property management industry and is well known for his bunga bunga sex parties in the property management industry. He's also director of Tommy's Property Management. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for joining us. And sorry that there was no show last week, everybody. I had COVID and I didn't sound particularly good. How are we doing? Will, how are you doing first, mate? I'm great. And yes, I am a man of leisure at the moment. I uh, am in between jobs and busy training for the Wellington Marathon. Um, like the good old days, rain, train in the morning, have a sleep, train in the afternoon. Um, oh, mate, it's just like the good old days. But I'm great. I'm really good and uh, looking forward to uh, what is next, which um, I'll be able to share probably in the next couple of weeks. So is it going to involve me working in your pantry or is it somewhere else? Um, not in my pantry. Um, it will be um, a national role uh, based in uh, Auckland, but um, within real estate, very excited about it. So, um, oh, so you've got something lined up already? Um, yes, pretty much. Um, so, um, yes, it's been, uh, been a bit of a process, but uh, it's exciting. So... Yeah, um, but uh, it's going to be a big one. It's going to be a big one. That's it. Uh, exciting okay. news. That's exciting news. That's exciting news, guys. You've heard it here first. Addison Vaughan, have you got any big news other than your bunga bunga sex parties uh, that you have to used to have with Sylvia Bellasconi? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't actually have too much news to be honest. I mean, I've recovered from um, Eric. That was a bit of a that was a bit of an event going over there with you, Dave. I mean, I've still got the image um, of you and your budgie smugglers at the pub burnt into my mind. So, you know, I've just got over that. Um, but, yeah, no, we're doing good. We're doing good. Okay. How did you find Eric? Can I ask you? Because, you know. You oh, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I've never been to an event like it. I mean, having almost 4,000 uh, attendees there and some of the most fantastic speakers I've ever seen. Fantastic lineup, people, you know, Reese Witherspoon, um, Caitlin Jenner was there, which was surprisingly good. Um, and lots and lots of sponsors, heaps of sponsors there. Even Tarpy, um, you know, little Tarpy from New Zealand was there sponsoring. So that was awesome. Uh, isn't Caitlin isn't Jenner Tappy doing well? Oh, Tappy's doing great. Tappy's yeah. doing great. More properties in Australia now. Uh, yeah. Wow. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm proud of those guys. Good old Kiwi business, punching above their weight. Um, no, it's, it's, it's bloody awesome to hear, actually. Yeah, yeah, no, going really well. And, and Will, I have to say, tell you that Addison was having these grand ideas about the PMC conference, uh, which we've got on the 23rd and 24th of November in Wellington at the Takina Event Centre. And Addison was looking at Arek and he's going, Dave, we're going to make the PMC as big as Arek. Uh, I don't know if we'll get that far. 
he's got it's I love the ambition of the man. Watch the space. I'm pumped. Um that's that's good to hear. I like I like that. Shoot for the stars, Harry. So <laughs> Yep, yep. And and what was you know, pleasantly surprising, Will, that when me and Addison were over there and we're walking around talking to the you know, a lot of exhibitors and, and, and just, you know, a few other people, and they all know about the conference. I mean, Debbie Palmer, who has her own conference on the Gold Coast, she knew exactly what the PMC was. And, and uh, so, we, we, you know, very exciting. It, it's We may get some visitors coming from across the ditch in November to see uh, what we're doing with the PMC conference, but all very, very exciting stuff. Anyway, we'll get on to... Um, today's topic. I'm actually coming to you from New Plymouth. I've just arrived at the uh, the hotel here, and funny enough, uh, I'm just telling Addison, pull up into the into the driveway, and Adriana Douglas, the PMC Property Manager of the Year for 2022, her sign written camera is in the uh, car park here. So I don't know what she's up to here, but anyway, topic that we want to talk about today is property managers and the industry as a whole. How do we attract people to an industry and once we've attracted them also how do we retain them it's an industry that struggles i mean all industries struggle to to retain staff but property management in particular with the nature of the job the challenges that the job face there's 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 very few people phone up to say how well you're doing typically when the phone goes there can be conflict involved and you've got to be a real special breed of people to 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 appreciate this industry and to to I find personally my own experience of it it's if it's a job it'll spit you up and chew you up and spit you out within a couple of years you've got to find a passion for it and finding those people who are passionate about the industry is a challenge I mean Addison I'll come to you first you're telling me that you've got some great ideas uh, around this I mean you know how do you find Harrison uh, attracting people to work at, at, at Tommy's and also yep. being able to, to retain them? What are, what are the challenges that you see? Yeah, well, I think in terms of attracting them, I think it's you've, you've got to try and stay modern and stay up to date with everything. So, you know me, I'm a tech savvy person. My first thing as a business, you know, I'd be selling myself as a company that adapts to modern technology so that, you know, the the staff that are coming to work for you know that there's going to be less mundane tasks. They're going to be free from labour-intensive, repetitive jobs that a lot of the companies that don't utilise high technology are going to be um, dealing with, you know, implementing more self-service and um, for, for clients so clients can do more self-service. They can log into portals and, and get their documents so that your property managers are not dealing with all these emails um, from owners wanting to know when their fixed term tenancy ends on their property uh, for the fourth time this year, you know. Um, so I think definitely yeah, doing I mean, that sort of stuff and promoting and advertising that that you that you are a business that is that is modern. Mm. The mundane jobs. I mean, can I ask you? Do you do you how do you get around dealing with those mundane jobs? Because there can be there's, there's a lot of monotonous and repetitive work. Yeah in property management, but there's also the diversity of it all makes it something quite attractive. How do you alleviate the pressures of those mundane tasks? I mean, what, what tools do you use? So, so, yeah, some of the mundane tasks, especially around data entry or, or uploading of documents and things like that, um, you know, there's software out there that can automate a lot of those jobs. 
Um, one example I can think of off the bat is things like digital signatures with Renty. Um, you know, the days of running around with paper agreements trying to get signatures of people are long, long gone. Um, so that's just yeah. one example of a mundane task you can get rid of. Um, so, yeah, things like that. What about pay? Because that's always uh, one of the big sticking points. I mean, uh, and I mean, we've got to pay a fair wage. We have to, mm. but, but also, you know, we've got a responsibility to, to shareholders, and, and we're not a non-for-profit organisation. Um, do you think? I mean, and it's probably easier though to say it's easier in a place where you're operating, Addison, because you're in the capital city, the rents are a lot higher. Yeah. I mean, you know, how how do you find? the packages that you're offering people, do people turn the nose up at it? Or, or do they think, yeah, this is fair, this is reasonable? What do you think? Yeah, I wouldn't say people turn their nose up at the packages or anything like that. I mean, the job is, is varied. There's lots of different aspects to the role. It's not a standard desk job. And I think that aspect of it attracts a lot of people to the role. Um, you know, heading out on the road most days, not sitting at a keyboard. Um, but I think, you know, in any sort of package, there has to be a really good fair salary. Um, but along with that salary, I reckon there should always be some form of commission or solid bonus structure so that there is some sort of uh, extra earning potential for the property manager, whether that be through, you know, percentage of rent collected or um, getting paid for bringing on new management, something where they're a little bit in control of their earnings. So if they that if they do want to earn a little bit more, they can go out on the weekend or they can, you know, do a few more extra bits and pieces to get that extra money. What do you think? Well, I'm going to call to you because you're out of the industry. You're soon to be back into the industry and you've been out of the industry. But what would you think is a, say I'm managing 100 properties. What's a fair pay? Can you, is it, is that too broad a question to ask? Um, it's it's a broad question for sure. Um, it depends on what the average rents are, really. And, you know, whether we like it or not, there is pay disparity between major city centres and provincial New Zealand. And yeah. that largely comes down to the cost of living, which you can get all that information if you're looking for what is fair and reasonable for that area through NZ Regions app, which is a brilliant app. Um, I often use that to get some sort of parity with what's fair and reasonable in those areas. But it's so it's, it's you can't really put a dollar figure on on that because, it, like I say, it comes down to what the average rent is. I do what Harrison said is something that I, I feel quite strongly about, and it was when I started in property management, I was paid uh, a lot. Basically, um, I think it was half of what my portfolio generated. Uh, I was a licensed sales agent, and that's that's how I was paid. And then that changed when the Real Estate Act came out in 2008 and we were move, moved to employees. But some businesses still retain that. And I, I really like that. And I was talking to a business recently where they still pay the property managers 50% of what their portfolio generates. And... Um, I mean, when I was at PB, I, I worked very hard to bring in a commission component on top of the base salaries because it was yeah. all about incentives. And just as you said, Harry, you know, what what drives someone to get out on a Sunday to sign up a new property? Mm -hmm. 
and and that's that's something that you're always striving to achieve is that care and attention. But you bring in that 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 commission component. Now there are several businesses that do it. Auckland Property Management do it. I know Dan does it down in Tauranga at uh, Tauranga Rentals. I like that idea. It is highly incentivized. You know, you you, you are. It's a, it's almost like the business within the business mentality. So I, I think I didn't really answer your question about specific numbers for a hundred properties. Uh, no, David. but it's a good, it's a good, it's a good discussion. It's a good discussion. Right. I mean, I'm, I hear, I hear you talking about first of all. I mean, few aspects. How do we attract people to the industry? They've got to be paid fairly. I think we're all on board yep. there. I know that if we were to go out at property brokers and say, right, we're going to pay every property manager fifty percent of what they bring in. Um, we're not going to make money because there's all the other costs around the centralized how how it's run centrally. Um, you know, yep. I mean, I get it. That would, yeah, you, 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 we couldn't do that across the board. However, in some cases, we're within a small provincial town. Let's say Tikawiti as an example, and we may only have about sixty, seventy properties that we're managing. Um, if I'm paying somebody sixty thousand, sixty-five thousand, then we are paying. 50%, probably a little bit more. And it becomes, I want almost like a bit of a, a lost leader out. Some branches will lose a little bit, but you can make it up in other branches. Um, at the end of the day, though, we've got to offer a fair package and we've got to offer fair pay. And we're competing against a, a lot of other industries. Um, mm. We've got to have a career path. I mean, Addison, in Wellington, you're competing with all these bloody government bureaucrats and, and a lot yeah. of these. And, and, and some of these government departments are offering really big money. How do you compete with that? Yeah, well, I mean, it's funny. I also oversee the IT um, area at Tommy's as a whole, and we deal with this a lot in our IT department where a lot of our new um, IT support staff will come in. They're only there for about a year, and then they're snapped up by government, um, offering way more than we can, you know, for those for those smaller support roles. So we see it especially in the administration side and IT sides of our businesses, less so in property management. But I have noticed recently that there has been lots of adverts for, especially from like the city councils and large public housing groups for property management staff. So it does look like it is becoming a bigger internal um, thing for councils and those sorts of groups. I wonder what happened if ACT become governments. So imagine if David Seymour was prime minister. All of a sudden, wages would plummet dramatically in the capital because half the people would become unemployed almost overnight. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it's, it's very <laughs> much the, driven by the, the who's in government at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I, to curb that one off, Harry, I just remind them of where they're going. And um, yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, I, I think. Uh, you know, we all go through that money journey, chasing the money, and and but eventually you, you land in a spot in your life where you go, I just want to work on something that I believe in, and I work, want to work with good people, and and that's I think everyone goes through that journey. Um, so you know, that's what they want, that's where they're at. So be it. But eventually they'll come back and go, well, just working with good buggers is is fine with me. Mm -hmm. Well, regulation. What will regulation do? Well to the industry and making it in terms of a, a career? Because that's what I, we want to talk about. Yeah, I think the retention aspect of the topic tonight is what really excites me. And and you've just touched upon one of the points I was going to um, raise is, is the regulation. And it's going to be seen as a career. 
you have to get licensed, um, all that sort of stuff. But what will happen is the bad operators will be removed over time. Mm. So the standard over time will increase and the whole view of the industry by landlords and by the public in general will change and it will be seen as a completely through a completely different lens as to what it is now. I think long term, the regulation is just going to do so much for this industry. And, and again, you look at sales, you know, sales, it's tidied up a lot, having that, uh, that, that new legislation in place. I think it's going to make a massive difference. In terms of real estate now, with the current market at the moment, and the vast majority of property management um, providers will operate under a real estate business. Mm-hmm. We would have seen a real slowdown in, in, in real estate with A, prices dropping, and B, the volume of sales. I mean, how does this impact being able to retain good staff with pay when you may be carrying your real estate business at a bit of a loss? Will, I mean, I'll, I'll come to you first on this. Yeah, well, look, any good real estate business would have learned either through the GFC or recently through COVID that the, the property management part pays the bills, right? And that's why they're building it. And, you know, that's it's a good move. It definitely, definitely changes the dynamics a little bit when, you know, the, the years gone by with massive, massive sales revenue, uh, property management probably represented, I would say, in a good business, anywhere between 10 to 20% of the entire revenue for that business. Yeah. That will climb at the moment. Uh, you know, potentially that's probably 30%, 40%. I, I don't know exactly. But so the changes, absolutely, and in People build portfolios for the tough times, right, to pay the bills, to see them through. And at the moment, I think uh, uh, that's probably the primary focus of those big businesses. And and it is what it is. I guess, you know, I mean, my recent journey of leaving Renty and being unemployed, never, ever, ever take it for granted of being employed. And... Um, it is something that I think a lot of people do take for granted. And um, the biggest lesson for me in the last few weeks is just, you know, at some stage, someone has created something to employ people. Tim Morton, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, has created this beast that now employs a huge uh, number of people. You know, um, you've got to be grateful for that. And so... I think at the moment, if people were expecting more money, they've got to look at the bigger picture and say, well, look, I've got a great job. I'm within a great business, Tommy's or property brokers. Um, you know, maybe now is not the time. We've all started businesses. I mean, we've all had a goal, started businesses. I mean, at a, I have to say, a very young age, me and you, Will, are probably a bit more older and, and we're definitely wiser. Uh, <laughs> that, that goes without saying. Yeah. But what I hear from your in your voice there, Will, is a bit of life experience. With dare I say it, people coming out of the education and the, the wanting these top performing jobs. I mean, I mean, I remember Tal last week when I was in Brisbane with him, he was telling me about trying to get a developer. And this lady applies for a job expecting, you know, 140k a year, but she wants to work from home and she wants this and she demands this. And and and, and Tal just get out. Yeah. yeah. And then she ends up, this woman gets a job at zero, and then zero are laying off all these people. 
attracting younger people to this industry is a challenge knowing that the education system the expectations of what they're going through uh and, and everything's got to be laid on a platter for them have we become dare to say it or have a younger generation are they expecting too much from our industry maybe and, and industries in general i i think what people are now spending and what they um accept, accept as a reasonable amount of outgoings is far higher or probably higher than what it needs to be and the, the society is quite materialistic and and um is a general sort of thing and and i think uh people need the big salaries to sustain their lifestyles and um you know that's that's my take on it i don't think money is really it it's more about sustaining their lifestyles and they need to probably review how they're living does does it make it easier to attract people in a time when maybe maybe that we're going to see unemployment rise or is it harder to attract people when we're having to deal with all the issues that go on in people's lives that impact you in your job what do you think Addison? I mean I've, I've found it's easier to probably employ people and even even retain people at the moment in difficult times especially if you are you know a really open workplace um, where there is stuff like recognition and reward and there's lots of training and development you know there's open lines of communication where your staff feel like they can come and talk to their direct reports about anything they need to um, I you know I feel like if you make work feel more like a tight-knit group or a family and that it's you know it's a home away from home it's another safe haven um yeah. you know you're, you're kind of riding out the tough times with your workmates um and so i've always found that it's you know in difficult times it's probably easier to retain staff if you're the kind of employer that follows these sorts of methods and not sort of the i guess the dictatorship sort of you know one man rules sort of kind oh. So, so it's an adaption of leadership styles as well. I mean, the, the word... Yeah, very flat hierarchy, you know, a lot of people, lots yeah. of responsibilities placed on the individual person, um, lots of transparency. So if someone makes a mm. mistake or does something wrong, you know, they're held accountable, um, all of those sorts of things. How do we how do we support our property managers? And, and, and I'll stick with you here, Alison, because... Um, you get somebody new comes into the business. Yeah. You know, it's finding the time and the resource to train. And this job is so all encompassing. You are getting hammered by, mm. you know, hundreds, literally hundreds of people at any one time could be at your beck and call, whether it's landlords, whether it's tenants, yeah. whether it's tradies, whether it's prospective tenants. And then you've got all the demands of the job around healthy homes, inspections, marketing, mm -hmm. maintenance, not enough money to do this on maintenance, can't pay the rent because of whatever it may be. House is too cold. How do you protect new entrants uh, to the industry from that? Because I'll, I'll be open here now with property brokers. One of the challenges we've had in recent times is people come in, first of all, finding good people. In, in, in And this is not talking disparagingly about, you know, our provinces but but some of our lower income towns it's hard to find staff and then it can be overwhelming so how do you cope 
with your, you know, when you bring new people into the business, how yeah. do you get the, the settled, safe environment? And they and they've got the support they need. Well, yeah, when we when we bring people on, you know, the onboarding and I guess orientation of the role is very key and critical. Um, even going, I guess, way back to the initial job interview stage, we are really upfront with yeah. the individual as to what the role is. Um, you know, we even offer the opportunity to you know come into the business and potentially do a ride along or spend a day to actually see what is involved before they you know commit to to being employed um when they do come on board having a really well structured training program not just dumping them in the deep end with their floaties um you know having mentorship in place um and a yeah, solid mentorship program um, where new team leaders are learning the ropes from experienced ones. Um, we specifically have team leaders. So one team leader may be in responsible for, say, five uh, property managers. And, and that team leader is really there to support their team and, and talks to the owners, talks to the tenants as well, if, you know, needs to, if it does turn into some sort of um, issue. They've, they've, they know they've always got support and someone there to help them. So I think that's sort of the key thing, a wraparound sort of system from all angles to help them their best. I mean, we've had a new guy to start um, and he's been with us about four months now and he's still, um, he'll be coming on to his own portfolio soon, but we go at their own pace as well. We don't rush them into, into um, managing their own portfolio by themselves as well. Discounting of fees, Will can be an issue here, can't it? Because, you know, if we get into such, and this is where, again, I think regulation's got to help because, you know, we should be charging a, a, a good fee for what we do. But if we get the, the cheap Charlies, and, and we've had to deal with some reputable real estate companies who are offering like 3 4% of competing against property brokers, we just won't do it. It's a goal because they won't be making money. Um, but, you know, I mean, I don't know, Will, what, what's your views on uh, um, holding our fees in relation and that relationship has? So you don't have to be overwhelming property managers with too many properties to make a profit. I mean, what are the key things that as a, you believe as an industry we should be doing? I mean, we obviously can't collude on fees, you know, no. but, you know, what can we do? Well, one of the first things I did when I joined PB back in 2018 was increase the management fees across the board. And um, I feel very strongly about management fees. And one of the great things about the that business, and just using PB as an example, is they don't discount. They don't discount on their uh, the, um, their sales commissions, and that comes down to trade. I mean, you shouldn't need to discount. And um, it just comes down to training and your understanding of why you charge what you charge. But no, I'm, I'm, I, I think, uh, you know, chasing your tail and man, man, the days of low management fees and managing bad properties are gone. And if you want to absolutely ruin good people, by all means, go and do it. But you're going to be a recruitment machine. You're just going to be nonstop bringing on people and losing people. And if that's the way you want to run a business, go for it. But any good business now knows that the people are the backbone of the business. And if you want to have a great service and a great point of difference, look after your people. It's as simple what as that. What about culture? What's the culture? I mean, culture's got a big role to play here. Well, where would you? Yeah. You know, how do you develop that culture? 
Well, I'll say this three times because it is so important. It comes from the top. It comes from the top. It comes from the top. A failure to retain good people and develop a crap culture is a direct correlation with the leader in the business. And whether you like it or not, it is your responsibility as a leader to develop and foster the culture. But you can get to a good stage where the culture will look after itself. It's not just about the leader that has to do it. Anyone in the business can talk to anyone else in the business because you all believe it. And I think companies must constantly raise the bar on their own inclusion efforts and outcomes by asking how to make it possible for people to participate and stay in the workplace productively. People are different. You know, they come from different backgrounds. They're at different stages of lives, how they problem solve. But we are all at our best when we're our true selves. Workplaces that provide space for our differences to exist allow more people to share perspectives and shine. And that is how you develop culture. Our jobs as leaders, uh, the role of a leader, I believe, is to define reality and give hope. And that's how you develop culture. Mm. It reminds me of a saying I heard at Eric, actually, and it was, um, look after your people and they will look after your business. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you something just quickly on this. I read this great book called The Mythical Man Month, and it was all about what happens. So good leaders and good people that are trying to build a brilliant business with a great culture, the good ones, A's hire A's. But that's very difficult for some people because they're confronted and challenged by the fact that they're potentially hiring someone that is better and smarter than them. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you what happens As soon as an A hires a B, then a B is going to hire a C, and then a C is going to hire a D, and before you know it, your business is down the tubes. That is a big problem for a lot of people to overcome and have the, I guess, the experience to understand that, you know, um, your job as a leader is to build people around you that are better at you in doing those specific things. So is... is the industry, or as like from from what we're talking here, we've got to develop leaders, and that is the answer. Because what that will do, you'll attract and retain the top talent with the with the right leadership. I I believe so, and I think we can all put our hands up in this industry, and yeah. I know a lot of industries. The manager's journey, right? Um, no one's born a manager, and and what do we do within our businesses? to um, encourage professional development, not of the top sort of senior leadership team because that's always looked after. It's that middle, you know, it's the property manager becoming a team leader. And, you know, how do we support them through that journey? Because property managers are doers, and as soon as you ask them to stop doing what they love doing and working on people, they, they really struggle to come off the tools. And that is where... I've always had challenges as well as that that journey from that property manager through to that next sort of leadership level is creating the the the, the journey and the roadmap to support those people into those new roles. It's, and I think, you know, I think it's, yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. I mean, today where I've been today, we actually, you know, and, and one of the key things that in the last few weeks is that what I've really identified is 
and what I, I want to focus on from a PB perspective is our team leaders yeah. uh, and, and grow them. And I want the people who are in our team leader positions to basically, one of them is going to replace me. I don't want property brokers recruiting. I'm not that I've got any intention of bloody going anywhere, but certainly, you know, at some point I ain't going to be in this job forever. And we should be able to create career paths from somebody who comes on board. One of the things, Addison, uh, uh, one of the speakers at Arctic, which I did like, was, um, I forget the lady's name, uh, but basically the structure that they have, they have these teams in different colour names and whatever, but they have the team leader. And one of the concepts I like is having the, the a 2IC or a senior property manager underneath the team leader. So they're actually mentoring that person and the property managers can see if I work hard enough, I can become a senior property manager. Then I can become a team leader. We've got to create that career path as well, mm. which I think qualification, regulation will, all going will, to help. Will, will go a long way in delivering. Um, it certainly is. It, it's, you know, it's an extensive topic, which could probably hold more than one show. What about when, I mean, do you measure... Um, do you do exit interviews, Addison, when, when property managers leave? Uh, not all the time. I have with a couple. I have with one or two. Yeah. yeah. And most of them, I mean, most of the people that have left in the last probably two years, they've all been leaving to Australia for better, okay. for cheaper cost of living, better money, you know, and you can't can't really compete with that in little old Wellington. No, no. Out of curiosity, David, what's the and you, you you've been in the industry for a long time and and had huge success in various areas. What's the biggest leadership leadership lesson that you've learned? Oh, I mean, what I've learned over time, well, uh, and I, I don't think I've pointed at any one particular person. I mean, Tim Morden, obviously, a massive influence um, on on you know my personal career. Um, I look externally, um, I think Catherine Goodwin, mm. who won Manager of the Year a couple of years ago uh, for Goodwins, I think she's hard to beat in terms of, I reckon you could put that lady into any organisation in any industry and she would have value. She's that good. I actually once or twice tried to convince her to get into politics because she's a leader. <laughs> and um, for me, if I could define leadership, to me it's, I mean, and I had the conversation with one of our team leaders today, I said, it's to me, my job is I, the property managers don't work for me. I work for the property managers and, and, and I've got to look after them. They are my number one priority. That's kind of the Richard Branson mindset mm. of, mm. you know, your, your people, because if they're not happy, that it's not going to flow on to um, the, the, the consumer. And you want to create an environment which is, is safe. Um, I mean, a great book I read was a book called, and I, and I basically gave it to this team leader today, told them to read it. It was an English book uh, called Matthew Syed, and it's called Black Black Box Thinking, and it's around growth mindset versus fixed mindset, and a and a no recrimination workplace. And what does that mean? That means mistakes. We're all human beings, mm. and, and, and I look. I'll make as many mistakes as a bloody anybody. You know, I'm, I'm far from perfect. You know, <laughs> far from perfect. I mean, and, and I accept the fact that, you know, this is a journey which 
you're always learning until you retire. You're, you're learning in leadership. We can always do better. And that growth mindset means that, you know, when things go wrong, I'm going to dust myself down. and I'm going to say, OK, you know, what could I have done differently to make that better? That's a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. What a fixed mindset mm. is like, oh, I'm a victim. And, and the no recrimination workplace means that, you know, when mistakes are, are made, it is and it, it always is. It's an opportunity to learn. And and, and as an example, we're, you know, this all relates to looking after our property managers. I remember dealing with this awful landlord with an awful property, which she just couldn't accept the fact there was something wrong with it. <laughs> look, in the end, we fired her and we were glad to see it go. But you look back at it and there's always lessons to be learned from, can we do things better? Of course we can. We can always do things better. You know, and, and so long as we, we look at these things, that the mistakes that we've made, look at how we can make them better, protect the property managers from dealing with people like that because, you know, we're not paid enough. I'm not paid enough to be abused by people. Mm. And I'm certainly not going to allow my property managers to be abused by people. I don't care who they are or how important they think they are. I think we've also got to understand the pressures that are put on on people's lives. So, look, Will, it was a long answer to a question. I don't know if I actually answered it, um, but it's just no, learning. No. Just learning from my perspective. It's it's not it's not about me. It's about the people who who I work with. It's about them, and that's and that's what I think is is what defines leadership. You know, and uh, everything you said, Will, completely. 100% agree with it. Comes from the top. Christ, I've seen it in education with my wife and her teaching career. Yes. And, and the good principles are, are few and far between, and, and it seems to be getting fewer and fewer of them. You know? And God, it um, makes a difference, doesn't it? It really well, does. It's it's night and day. It's bigger, bigger, biggest observation I've made. I'll tell you, I was just thinking as you're talking, um, Emma and I just recently watched the Arnold documentary on Netflix. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. yes. Have you guys seen that? No, no I've but I've seen. been oh, told, told to watch it. It is very, very good. Very good. Um, just the, the, the three areas of his life, weightlifting, uh, acting, and politics. But um, uh, really good leadership stuff in there. And just yeah. just the learning journey and adapting, I suppose. But, yeah, highly recommended to you guys and anyone that's listening. It is a great watch. You know, I thought of Arnold Schwarzenegger when I saw Addison Vaughan walking down the Gold Coast and putting <laughs> smugglers on the beach. You know, it was just, they, 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 it's so akin. It's funny how they were so like each other. But there you go. Anyway, out of curiosity, Harry, how old were you when you started Tommy's property management? Um, oh, he was 21. I would have been 21. He was 21. Mate, I have to say, you know, you've built a pretty a, a brilliant business there. There's not many people that could have done what you've done at that age. Thank you, Will. Yeah, I'm not trying to blow the sunshine up your bum. Or anything. <laughs> oh, no, I'll take a compliment every now and again. I, anyway, uh, Will, Will yeah. know, we're after we're after the show, but I've got some questions for you, mate, because we started doing these 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 questions. All right? Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Okay, so... So, so first one, I have to remember them. I wrote them down, but I'm a piece of paper. I had them on it's gone. Right. So, first one was a trivia one because you gave me a trivia one. Oh, God. Right. So, of Hang course, on. Silvia Bellasconi, he's passed away, the former Italian prime minister who was famous for his bunga bunga 
sex parties and seemed to just get out of one scandal into another. But he owned a football club. What was the football club that he used to own? Man United. Oh, God's sake. He's Italian. He's Italian. Uh, AC Milan. Soccer. Oh. Uh, it's All right. It's not soccer. It's football. All right. All right. Football. Lance, Lance Armstrong. Hero or villain? Hero. Oh, dear. Okay. Trump. I'm happy to elaborate on that, but. Yep. Trump, good or bad? Good. Oh, for God's sake. Well, Alexander's pure evil, isn't he? He's like a <laughs> the reincarnation of the devil. <laughs> All right. If you could have dinner with any one person, who would it be? And don't say your wife. Someone famous. Um, probably, uh, probably Jenny, either um, Margaret Thatcher or yeah. um, Jenny Romati, who I've just finished her book off a wee, wee while ago. Um, fascinating character, CEO of IBM, self-made woman. Um, but just in terms of leadership and wow, what an amazing, amazing person. Road signs in Tereo, good or bad? <sighs> um, I would say good. Good. Why? Um, I think what makes New Zealand or Kiwis Kiwis is our history. And I, I'm not, I don't like the divisive aspect um, that's going on at the moment, but I am very proud to be a Kiwi. And being a Kiwi is everything that goes into the pot. Um, uh, our Maori history, um, that component of uh, New Zealand, um, you know, the, the, Euro, the, Euro, the British history, everything that makes Kiwis Kiwis, I, I'm, I'm proud of it all. And, um, yeah. 100% agree. Oh, look, I've got a Welsh mother. She speaks fluent Welsh. You go to Wales. I'm going to be in Wales in a few weeks' time, actually. And all the road signs, English and Welsh translation, I'm all for it, personally. Yeah. Yep. Uh, embrace a bit of the old Tereo. I mean, I wish I could speak it a bit better, uh, finding time to develop it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's shocking, isn't it, the pronunciation? But, hey, mate, may oh. have a go. All right. Anyway, that's it from us. Um, oh, thanks yes. again. For thanks, Will. It was very insightful. Thanks to all our viewers for listening. And we do have quite a few viewers, so I get comments about this quite a bit now. Uh, you can pick up your podcasts from any of the usual um, places where you, you can get this from, whether it's Apple, whether it's Spotify, SoundCloud. Um, Email us at info at the pmc.co.nz if you've got a topic that you want us to talk about. Uh, leave us a review um, and make sure that you get your tickets for the PMC. Uh, a list of our speakers yes, are up there forget. on the website. Uh, it's on the 23rd and the 24th of November at the Tokina Centre in Convention Centre in Safanganui Otara, Harrison, Wellington. And uh, yeah, so thanks again, guys. It's going to be a guys. great night. There's um, going to be a live DJ. We've got a coffee car, lots of things. It's going to be bigger than Eric, I've been told. Yeah, we have a coffee car. It's, it's free it's, coffee. It's maybe not this year, but in the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah. We'll have Reese Weatherspoon in person rather than being on the bloody video link. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Awesome. And we'll see you next week at the Alternative Property Management Show. Thank Natty you for Bye. tuning in to the Alternative 
Property Management Podcast, powered by Renty and the PMC.